Sonic Microphone on. Welcome to the Pod Doctors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the BBC series Doctor Who. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode six of Doctor Who. Oh my god. So this season is essentially over, but it's not. Right. Because we got I still have questions. Coming up <laughs> over the next year. And the first one is in just a few weeks. Yes, absolutely. So that's why it's like, it's over, but it's not over. <laughs> so are the specials actually all part of season 13 then? Because you know how they've done I'm that with like Tenet's run. Of series 13. Yes, I am. Okay. Because like <laughs> with Tenet's run, when they did that year that we just had specials, that was like a whole other season. Right. So that's why I was kind of confused. But then again, it's Doctor Who. So if you're not confused, <laughs> you're in the minority. Right. Because I will tell you, I don't think there was a ton of stuff that was answered for me ultimately. Like there's just questions and I'm not surprised because I've been traumatized by Doctor Who before. So yeah. <laughs> this is just going to keep going. Absolutely. But before we get into the trauma that we've all suffered from... <laughs> Why don't we get some ratings? You know, here's some good news. Yes. Episode six, numbers were up. Had a 0.09 in adults 18 to 41 with 0.411 million viewers, making it the 51st rated cable show for the day. Best numbers all season. Like I said, I think because a lot of people found out that it was one continuing story, they just waited to binge it all like right before the finale. Right. Uh, pretty sure you're probably right. <laughs> Which I kind of wish I did. Maybe yeah. get all the little <laughs> ins and outs because I'm like, I don't feel like I caught everything. I know I was messaging Steve and I'm like, I feel like I missed something. I maybe need to watch everything again, which I'll probably do again later on because I just, I don't know. Do you feel like the all the puzzle pieces are in place? Well, I think they resolved the flux issue. Now, yeah, what's left of the universe besides Earth? <laughs> Not much, so yeah. That's we why I know like the Daleks are showing up on the first. So apparently, the Centaurans planned to get rid of all the Daleks, and Cybermen sure didn't work. Yeah, that's why I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> so again, questions. But right, I guess we'll figure out as we go, as we stumble along our road of Doctor Who. Questions most certainly will be answered somewhere, somehow, maybe. Yeah. If not, wait till next season. Something will answer something. Or in 10 seasons. You know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Let's jump into the Vanquishers, shall we? In the final epic chapter in the story of the flock, all hope is lost. The forces of darkness are in control. But when the monsters have won, who can you count upon to save the universe? I feel like I need an echo there. Right. Universe. Universe. <laughs> <first. laughs> 
real close to Ghostbusters. Who you going to call? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And wait, there was a phone call that happened at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, after Swarm and Azur kill Tectune, the doctor flees with the Ood. Meanwhile, Yaz, Dan, Jericho, and Joseph Williamson square off against a bevy of Centaurans in the tunnel. Thankfully, our human's ingenuity wards off the alien invaders. Warm and Azure locate the dock before she escapes. Williamson picks the door, and they all barrel through it, only to find a fiery hellscape awaiting them on the other side. Boy, you can't trust those doors now. Right, they're changing. Yeah, the Ood locates the TARDIS, but Swarm tries to persuade the Doctor to stay and explore her memories via the Fobwatch. Suddenly, the dock materializes on Bell's ship, where Carvanista also currently occupies. Then Kate Stewart finds Yaz, Dan, Jericho, and Williamson in the tunnel. Well, of course Kate Stewart would hide in the tunnel. See, and this just isn't clearing anything up. I just feel like, here's a piece, here's a piece. Figure it out. They don't go together, but good luck. (laughs) She introduces herself as the leader against the Centauran occupation. Then the Doctor arrives in the tunnels, and she embraces Yaz and reunites with Kate. I love Kate, and ah, I hope we get to do this again sometime. Okay, I do love Kate, but I don't know when she's like, oh, I'm the head of the Santaran Resistance or whatever. I just kind of had that Harriet Jones Prime Minister moment. Right. <laughs> At least we didn't get, we all know who you are. Like, if this keeps happening with Kate, she's going to turn into the new Harriet Jones, I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> However, the doc keeps hopping about different spots in space and time. Or That's kind of she? her thing, right? Yeah, or <laughs> does she? We see that Azur holds the fob watch, teasing the doctor with. According to the Ood, the doc exists everywhere and nowhere. Three doctors living in three places. Oh, that sounds totally normal right. and workable. <laughs> you know, big question mark there. Yeah, personally, it might have been just as good if a couple of the other older doctors popped in. To oh my out. gosh, that would have been great. Yes. <laughs> I kept expecting to see what they showed us as the first doctor. Right. I wanted to see her pop up somewhere. Like, yeah. they kind of teased it in the previews, but we never right. got her again. Yeah, would have been <laughs> great to see River and Ruth. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Next, the Satarn Command announces to the universe that they are willing to ally with all who succumb to Centaur's rule. That doesn't sound right. No, they even want to offer a truce to the Daleks and Cybermen. That really doesn't sound right. No, that's What's not the, the only happen. time I think we've seen that was Matt Smith, right? right. What was it? Pandorica opens. Yep. I think that was the right one. Yep. That's, that's, I think, the only time. Uh, when he was on Trenzalore. Oh, right. I almost forgot about that. But that's because they're all like, we're destroying the Doctor. And at this, there's no Doctor that they're working to destroy together. Right. Meanwhile, on the ship with Bell and Carvanista, the Doctor disengages it from the Lapari shield and crashes it into the dark energy camera, a Centauran base on Chile. Grand Serpent, a.k.a. Prentice, works with the Centauran. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> right. They seize the ship with the Doc Bell and Carvanista. Azure opens the fob watch and the Doctor returns to that dismal and bleak house. Swarm snaps his fingers, dismantling it, and in turn, destroying the Doc. Okay, did anybody else freak out here? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm watching going, because uh, uh, there's like literally no words that were coming out. There was just like noises. Right. Because I did not know what was happening. It's like, 
wait, okay, if the doctor's in three places, maybe he's not totally destroying the doctor, but oh my God. And then the like the little hamster in my head starts spinning. <laughs> and it's like, well, what if this? What if that? Oh my God, I don't understand what's happening. Thankfully, so... <laughs> he reassembles it, which ensures the doc's stabilization. He I will tell you. He wasn't going to get rid of the doctor. He was going to torture her for the rest of time. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I was freaking out. Like, And then it's like, okay, she's back together. I can breathe. But because he did that like twice, I think. Yes, at least twice. I think I started to message Steve like every time. <laughs> but then it's like, I didn't know what to say because it was just like, oh, my God, that's about the extent. And I'm like, no, no. OK, calm down. <laughs> Although I do believe I tweeted that. That's about all I can get out for this episode. Right. Because it was so over the top. And there was a lot of people on tweeting, but right. not a lot being said because right. of everything yes. going on. <laughs> I believe that. Well, Williamson explains how he traveled between different worlds in the tunnels and built the tunnels around what he discovered. Kate tells the doc she wants undercover human operatives to infiltrate the Centauran Psychic Command and glean information regarding their plans. Oh, sure. Super easy. And the Centaurans utilize corner shops, notably Liverpool, to conduct meetings and implement their strategies. Did that have you scratching your head when they were talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I thought maybe I misunderstood them saying corner shop. Right. I'm like, are they saying something else until the next moment? And I'm like, oh, That's okay. what a corner shop is. Yeah, it's on the corner. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm thinking, no, that can't possibly be it. Yeah, it yeah. must be something else. <laughs> so the doctor, Dan, and Yaz confront one chocolate-loving Centauran and strike a deal. She hands over two humans to the Centauran Psychic Command. She'll give the Cocoa Fiend all the chocolate at which he can shake a stick. And that Centauran had a definite... Major sweet tooth. Sweet tooth, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought I liked chocolate, but this guy's got me beat, I yeah. will tell you. Later, the Doc Yaz and Dan and Jericho find Claire, rescuing her from her 1967 and returning her to 2021. She agrees to undergo whatever psychic examination the Centaurans have in store alongside Jericho. Prentice and the Centaurans capture the Doc and Carbonista and imprison them together. Somehow, someway, the Doc uncovers a memory featuring Carbonista. They were close friends at another time. Carbonista explains that he was her companion and he loved her dearly. However, he possesses a synaptic collider implant in his brain, and should he divulge any doctor-related memories, that implant releases poison that can kill him in seconds. That had me questioning what the heck is going on. That sounds just like what something Division would do. Say, yep, just in case we're going to make sure you can't tell the doctor anything. So how come nothing happened when he said, yeah, I was yeah, your companion? I loved you dearly. I don't know how that didn't kill him. It should have. <laughs> Maybe because it wasn't a specific but, detail? Yeah, I guess. Because it was only feelings. And then we see Doc Swarm, Azure, and the Ood back in the Division headquarters. Azure reveals the Ravengers' motivation for harnessing the Flux. It's payback for what the Doc and Division did to Swarm and Azure. But of course, our Time Lord doesn't remember anything. So they want control over the final flux event, thereby releasing time when it all ends at Atropo. Then, since the Doc fears the destruction of all things, Swarm and Azure want her to watch the flux on a constant loop for all eternity. 
Wow, that's kind of a dick move. Yes, (laughs) especially seeing that she has no memory of... Of what they said she did, which they never even explained really what she did other than stopping them. Captured them, yeah. Right. Meanwhile, the duck meets Prentice, who along with the Centaurans, take her away for interrogating. Belle, hiding in the shadows, observes it all playing out as she's got her mission to take care of. Then Vendor and Diane look frantically for an escape route while trapped inside the passenger. Diane points out what appears to be a puddle, or bioform, which gives them a glimpse into the passenger's internal tech systems. Of course, Vendor shoots at it, disrupting the bioform, giving the pair a means of egress. They wind up outside of the passenger successfully. That was interesting, too. Yes, it was. Because Diane had figured out a heck of a lot of stuff. Yes, she'd been in there for a while. Yeah, but it also makes me feel like maybe she's not wholly human. Right, and that planet they were on was deserted. There was nothing there but them and the passenger. Thankfully, passenger wasn't paying attention to anything. Right. Claire and Jericho reach the Centauran Psychic Command, and we learn more about the reasoning for needing two humans. Centaurans want to know the exact coordinates of the final flux event, when it will happen, and where. They proceed to inject Jericho and Claire with a psychic load. Prentice interrogates the doc, asking her about Kate Stewart's location. Doctor attempts to guess Prentice's identity, but another doc lands in the TARDIS before she hits the mark entirely. (laughs) I still want to know everything about Prentice. Oh yeah. She barges out, freezing Prentice with her sonic screwdriver and shifting a painful locking device on him and his little pet. Sounds like little pieces? (laughs) What do you call it exactly? Yeah, I would probably say that that is... He's the host, and that's the symbiote. (laughs) Oh, okay. And I do have to say, when he described himself as a, was it a loving monarch or ruler? It's like, uh, yeah, nobody's fallen for that. No, not at all. Especially knowing what you've done. No. Next, both doctors reunite with Bell while Centauran soldiers shoot at him. Dan finally fetches his dog, breaking Carvanista out of his cell. Everyone scrambles into the TARDIS, including both doctors. While that was whole- pretty neat, too. Yeah, that was great. It's like, wow. oh, I have such a crush on her. It's like, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. While on board, everyone watches the Centaurans offer of peace to the Daleks and Cybermen. Three doctors psychically link, and we discover that the TARDIS can't decode the flux structure fully because Division created it outside of the universe. After increasing the psychic load on Claire, the Centaurans snag the coordinates of the final flux event. Taran Command orders the fleet to evacuate outpost Earth. Well, at least they're gone for the time being. Right, like small favors, but yeah. Meanwhile, Vendor contacts the doc, asking her to lock on his and Diane's signal. Bell hears Vendor's voice, and she's eager to reunite with him. Passengers reabsorbs Vendor and Diane before they can complete their call. Kate also reaches out to the doc, citing that the doors are acting funny. Thus, both docs divide the workload among the TARDIS occupants. Prentice searches relentlessly for Kate, and he murders an innocent man after learning she's in the William. Tunnel. I don't get why he's so obsessed. At this point, why do you care if the Earth is going to be, like, demolished? Right. Like, she'll go along with it, but no. I he's... think he thought that, yeah, once 
the Centaurans' plan succeeds, they'll leave him to rule Earth. It's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, doctor, sorry. Sorry, man. That's not, nothing's going to go right for you. That's yeah. basically it. The doctor urges Williamson to return to his home in the 19th century, ushering him through the right door, saying, you've done your job and we thank you for it. Ood tells the doc her existence is becoming too unstable at Division Headquarters. She's stretched between three different planes. The last piece of the flux puzzle plays out while the TARDIS lands outside of Passenger. Then it flies inside the endless prison and the doc ushers Bender and Diane within the TARDIS quickly before something wonky unfolds. I was waiting for it to go really bad. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, especially when she goes, TARDIS don't like it in here. Right. Bender finally reunites with his baby mama and love Belle and is surprised to find out he's going to be a dad. I and still love that little thing. It turns out to be like a baby monitor, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Dan and Diane hug it out as well. Okay. Two docs surmise that the Centaurans staged the truce meeting with the Daleks and Cybermen to lure them into a trap. Well, of course they did. Since antimatter devours matter, the Centaurans will sacrifice their enemies to the Flux to save their skin. Then they'll employ the Lapari shield, now devoid of Laparis, to protect themselves. Oh my gosh, when that was said, like what happened to the Lapari? Yes. I was sitting there going, oh no, this isn't good. No. <laughs> Not only is Carvanista going to be super pissed off, but the doctor isn't exactly a fan of genocide. No, not at all. And yes, the Centaurans did eradicate the entire Lupari race. Meanwhile, Swarm and Azure plan to sacrifice their doc to their savior on Atropos. Time. We see Team Tardis split into two groups. Yes, the doc, Dan, and Diane versus Bell, Bender, the doc, and Carvanista. Claire utilizes a ring, transport her onto the TARDIS, but Jericho unfortunately gets his destroyed. Okay, I was trying to figure out how it fell off his finger when it was on there this whole time with everything going on, and all right, of a sudden no, it's like... he tossed it up against that wall. I think that was the whole thing, was you take the ring off, you drop it on the floor, and it'll transport you off of there. But when the Centauran came in and started shooting it up, one of his shots ricocheted off a wall or a pole or something and hit his transport. Oh, because I swear that the other one just dropped, like, not dropped it, like, turned the ring. Right. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. I must have looked down <laughs> to, like... <laughs> try to like tweet and i'm like wait i can't tweet yet there's stuff going on yeah way too much going on <laughs> then deep space we see carbonista bell and the doc take on the centauran daleks and cybermen appear to engage in peace talks however the encroaching flux kills them swiftly oh yeah they figured out they got windled pretty fast too oh yeah Carvanista appears on the Centauran command comms, and we see Vendor destroying the communication systems. Yeah, Carvanista definitely said, I will hunt you down till the day I die. Oh yeah, there was no love lost there. No, and in seconds, the Flux will suck the Centaurans into its gravitational pull. Doc urges Jericho to take a transport pod, but Jericho feels it's too late for that. Dies a hero with the Centaurans as all fall no thanks to the flood. That was a little sad. Yeah. I think I, I was tearing up a little when he's like, I've lived more than I have in the last like two decades, three decades. or three decades. <laughs> and and then when he, what did he say? What he called himself? Like the scourge. 
scourge of the Santarans or something. He's like, oh, I should have used that. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's so sweet and weird. But oh man, that's yeah. all I kept thinking. And, yeah, they got to kill somebody. <laughs> Fortunately, it's usually one of the side characters. Yeah, that we've grown to like. Two docs notice that extra flux energy remains, so Diane proposes using Passenger to absorb what's left. Thankfully, Passenger hoovers up the flux in no time at all. <laughs> I like that. Hoovers. Later, Swarm, Azure, and the Doc arrive at Atropo, and the Savior, a.k.a. Time, materializes. Unfortunately, it looks just like Swarm. Right? And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Is- Hold on a minute. What? I guess that's the greatest compliment is copying somebody. But, of course, when he appeared, it we saw that the same stuff we saw earlier in the episode that we thought might be Swarm. Little m- mites or gnats or whatever they were. Oh, so we don't know if what it actually looks like. It's just whatever it, it makes to appear. itself look like. Right. I think so. Fortunately, the flux failed. Ergo, the Ravengers failed miserably. And boy, was that a surprise to them. This time, Slaughter Swarm and Azura's punishment. That surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute here. I was like, oh, okay then. Yeah, time is not a nice entity. No. Then it transforms into the Doctor and you go, what? Hold on. <laughs> and we see our Doc snag the Fobwat. Your time is heading to an end, Time warns. And the Time as Doc mentions the phrase, and their master. Hmm. Is that making us believe we could potentially see the master again? I was definitely thinking that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And what version? Yeah. (laughs) Then the Savior restores the Doc to her singular form. Why? (laughs) I was thinking it was because if the Doctor was split, the Doctor would be able to find a way to defeat time. Right. That's very... Whoever time is. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Bender tracks down Prentice in the tunnels, but the latter doesn't remember him. Oh, that pissed him off. I had a very Thanos Scarlet Witch moment. It's like, you took everything from me. It's like, I don't even know you. Right, absolutely. That's what I was feeling, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is going to end badly for you, my man. I'm yep. just saying. Kate appears, asking Prentice to open door seven. Prentice wanders out of the door and onto a single rock in the desolation of space. Nice work, Kate. <laughs> Carvanista ventures off begrudgingly with Bender and Bell while the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan take Claire and Kate home. Later, Dan gives an unauthorized tour at the Liverpool Museum again, mentioning the Williamson Tunnel. Diane comes up and he tells her he booked a table for dinner that night, but she declines his offer, citing that he was late for the, their previous date. Come on. See, this is why I started to think, wait, didn't he say the dinner was the next day? Yeah, but I was thinking she's not human because she knew a lot about passengers. And she's like, well, can't he absorb everything? And what if we do this, this and this? And it just seemed kind of strange because even Vendor at some point is like, oh, they don't even teach us anything like that. Maybe you should come to the academy to train. Right. And then, yeah, with her saying like, oh, you were late. And Dan's like, I wasn't late. It's like, but you weren't there because, well, with what happened, I mean, his house was blown up. Come on. (laughs) 
And it just seemed weird. And she's like, yeah, no, not right now. And it's like, you just seen some incredible stuff. Most of the time, what we've seen with like other companions and just people who've seen the TARDIS, right? they want to keep going. They want to know more. But she just like, no, 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 I need to distance myself, which has really got me wondering who she is, because right. that just seemed weird to me. Yes, absolutely. You would think. She would have jumped at the chance to have dinner with Dan and talk about the TARDIS and the doctor and all this. Exactly. Learn more about her. That's why I'm like, hmm, I don't trust you. No. So Dan leaves forlornly and stumbles into the park TARDIS outside. Well, of course, they knew something was going to happen and just happened to be hanging out. The Doc and Yaz urge him to join them on their next grand adventure. Of course, he accepts. While Dan searches for his room aboard the TARDIS, the Doctor apologizes to Yaz for withholding secrets from her. She wants to tell Yaz everything, but Dan interrupts before the conversation turns into something else. Or was it? Doctor? Yeah, I don't think it would have gone too deep. Right, yeah. I About the only time the Doc has expressed feelings for a companion is... When it's too late. Right. <laughs> for that companion. Doc takes the fob watch from her pocket, enticed by it. However, instead of opening it and diving into her repressed memories, she conceals it in the TARDIS in a place she'll never find unless she really needs it. <laughs> I thought that was weird. So yes. basically, she's dropping it to the heart of the TARDIS. And we still don't really ever find out what caused the TARDIS to be like sick. Right. And everything to start acting weird. So what if it's some weird circular thing that it wouldn't have happened had you not dropped your fob watch in? Right. It's like, hmm, weird things are happening. Right. Unless it was caused by the flood and the creation of that, well, I won't say it was created, the existence of the old mansion. Hmm, I think interesting. that may have been what caused the TARDIS to get ill at the beginning. I have this like really nagging feeling, too, that Diane is somehow connected to the Master. That could be very possible. Just because it's so strange. But anyway, let's go deeper into the Vortex. <laughs> and the opening salvo of Commander Stenick's message to space echoed the words of Anthony Ainsley's master in 1981's Logopolos, where he hooked up a microphone to a radio telescope on Earth and gleefully announced, People of the universe, please attend carefully. The message that follows is vital to the future of you all. Stenick also referred to the Rutan, long-sighted as the perpetual enemy of the Centaurans. We only saw them once in the 1977 Tom Baker story, Horror of Fang Rock. Given the not exactly cryptic warning from the time entity at the end, it may well end up that Hot Camp Master, as Dan Martin used to call him, may have been pulling the strings all along. We will surely see him against before Whitaker leaves, question mark. <laughs> I don't trust anything. Same wavelength as we are. And Sony has officially acquired Bad Wolf, which will be producing series 14 of Doctor Who for the BBC. Wonder how much that's going to influence things. Yeah, I'm like, what does this mean exactly? Right. There are three more Whitaker episodes left, starting with the New Year's Day special that 
features a Johnny Salmon, Aisling Bia, Pauline McLean, and it turns out Dalek. Yeah. Don so what? Tyrans didn't. <laughs> they got outsmarted on their double trick. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Or Doc has gone back in time again and fixed everything. Fixed the whole universe. You never know. No. And if you need more Doctor Who in the meantime, there is a new and enjoyable box set of three audio adventures starring ninth Doctor Christopher Eccleson reprising his TV role. Nice. Yay. Fantastic. I didn't know that Eccleston was doing any of um, audio. the audio. Yeah, he has actually come back to the Who family. Yay. Uh, I know there was a lot of stuff like he didn't want to do it. He did want to do it. Now he wishes he did more. It's like, well, yeah, so do we. Yes. <laughs> so at least we're getting yourself, something. Not Japan. Oh, what a ride. Okay. So, Steve, did we happen to get any feedback about this crazy ride? Oh, absolutely. We did. Jazz decided it was time for her to speak up about this flux business, so let's take a listen to what she thought about it. Hello, this is Jazz with a review of Doctor Who Season 3, Episode 6, The Vanquisher. This one deals immediately with the fact that the angels are actually a taxi service for the division and evidently just drop you off if they need to put you somewhere instead of putting you in another realm where they can use you to their own devices if they want. So it's kind of weird that their division's lapdog. Very odd. We did get a couple of resolutions. The master was telling the truth, but then the quote-unquote horrible mom ever got knocked off, so we won't get any more answers out of her. She definitely was more interested in the experiments than anything else, and I think the doctor was one of her favorite experiments since she wanted to take her with her to the future universe. I would find that rather disconcerting, actually. Oh, I'm only going to experiment you on a little. That shows I care, would be something I would expect from her. There was definitely a cliffhanger at every episode, so I found that rather stressful to watch. <laughs> it did have a, a resolution of sorts, so at least it didn't leave you on a cliffhanger, and that was good. So we got some resolution. Yaz in the series kicked ass, and she was smart and was the leader of the group, even though they were not with the Doctor, except for like the first episode. So that was definitely a different type of story than one I'm used to seeing. They both did well on their own parts, but that was missing the camaraderie and the humor. They had their own brands of humor. It was all very good. But, you know, it was just a different tact since they had to deal with the pandemic and all that stuff. I would like to think that maybe Jody would have stayed longer if she didn't have to deal with the issues of pandemic life. But I think other doctors only stayed for three seasons, too. So I love the fact that the Grand Serpent actually got exile himself. So since he loves pomp and circumstance and ego, the fact that he's alone on an asteroid with nobody to impress or rule over would probably really drive him mad, which is a good thing. I love the fact that Kate had a device so that he couldn't put some weird-looking, gowled-looking creature in her to make her croak from the inside. And uh, I swear they used the same effects for the gowled 
just looks really similar. In this series, the Doctor was not as confident as we've seen in the past. She was very confused and trying to figure things out and not so sure of herself, which I don't necessarily think was great for the character because I think the character is much smarter than that. And I wish they had shown a little bit more confidence and a little less confusion throughout the entire six run, especially since this is the last time that Jody will be doing it. If you don't count the three specials we're going to be getting, did work all that effort in order to get the same pocket watch that the we've seen before in other episodes. Last time, I think it held the master in it. And this time, it was her memories that she wasn't aware of. And she might not have liked herself in previous iterations. She evidently didn't mind using guns back then. So she kept it away from herself unless she really asks for it. So part of that was sort of like, well, you, you go through all that trouble and then you put it away. But I guess at least you have it if you really want it. Which I guess is a resolution. I got the impression that Chimmel just wanted to play with all the monsters he could possibly play with. And that's why there's so many of them. There probably isn't as many monsters in one six-episode run of any Doctor except for this one. I think we saw pretty much everything that was the heavy hitters. There were some minor ones, of course, that weren't done. But we even got two extras. It was definitely different. So I was glad it didn't have a cliffhanger and had some sort of a resolution with Yaz showing the new gentleman Dan where his room might be. Past the swimming pools, I'm sure. And I used to have love for the fifth doctor, which I still do, but I think it's now been trumped up by the 13th. So I think she's now my favorite. Certainly easier to cosplay her at cons. And I was thinking of different possibilities for regeneration. I hope that it's a woman. And I would love to see Dr. Donna or Grace be the doctor. Probably won't do it, but I'd still love to see it. It'd be, I know that Lucy Lawless had actually applied to be the new doctor, but she didn't get picked. She's of uh, Xena fame. It would have been cool to have Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine do it. I know she's done everything else from working in as a high school teacher and now is on Picard. She would be cool, but they probably won't. Kate McGrew would be also awesome, but they probably won't. But one thought I had was Amanda Tapping would be awesome because we haven't seen her in anything in ages. So there's no memory to make you think, oh yeah, that was Stan on Stargate 20 years ago. She also played on some other sci-fi show a long time ago that I can't remember, but she would make an awesome doctor. That's my review. Thanks. Well, thank you for that wonderful feedback, Jazz. That was a lot, Jazz. All right, let me start with Amanda Tapping, though. She's been directing. She's been directing a yes, lot of has. shows, which is why we haven't seen her in front of the camera. So she's been doing an amazing job. And it's like, oh, I do want to see her in front of the camera again, but I'm kind of enjoying her behind the camera doing everything. So I'm kind of torn with that. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, she's doing Fort Salem. Yeah. And Motherland. Uh, I believe it was Sanctuary was the, the show. Yes, was thinking the of. show she was thinking of. Yes, absolutely it was. Well, what do you think about her stating that this episode and maybe the whole series that they kind of made Jody more confused and not as smart as she always is and well, I will have to say it did take her a while with this one, but I kind of thought because I am not as familiar with classic who that it was kind of the same. Like it took more time for the doctors to squirrel out what was happening, especially when right. it was a huge arc. Yeah. And she was dealing with something that she 
had no clue of. I mean, most of your episodes, there's a little hint here and there that the doctor finally picks up on that says, oh, okay, this is what this is. Right. We didn't have that even available because no, the Tech Fox Tune is something new. And, right. All that was not in her uh, memory banks because <laughs> it was gone. So, yeah, I, I thought they did Jody just fine. I think we'll see her back to her normal self in the New Year's Day episode. Yeah. And then but yeah, you're- <laughs> about the big hitters. Like, well, I mean, I think the only other time that I can remember all of them being there was... Pandorica, those episodes. Right. And the end of Matt Smith's run. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we don't get that very often, but it's not the first time we've had multiple bad guys in the same location as the doctor. That's for sure. Right. And yeah, everybody you listed, I'm right there with you would have made a great doctor. But yeah, I don't think they're going to go with any of those. And Oh, my God. I still want Idris Elba. Yeah, <laughs> he, he they won't because he's huge and on Luther. I don't know if that's still going, but right, oh, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just I don't know. He's got that voice. Like he should, yeah. at the very least, do some of the radio ones because yeah, he's just got that voice. You're like that is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Russell T Davies. I'm going to guess that it's going to be somebody that most people in America probably don't know, and that it'll be somebody that has been on British TV maybe briefly. I mean, because we didn't really know anything about Tennant or Matt Smith. So, no, and they, well, Tennant was, wasn't he more stage at the point, like when yes, he got the at doctor? At that point, yeah. Yeah. Yep. As long so. as we don't get a boy band kind of guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> please, please don't go backwards. Don't go backwards. We don't need a fetus running the TARDIS. I'm just yeah. saying. No, <laughs> I still think we need a whole season of River, you know, doing like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. That's totally off topic. I know. Sorry. <laughs> well, as always, Jazz, we appreciate your feedback and looking to hearing from you again in the future. Thanks, Jazz. All right. Well, you know how we feel. We want to know how you feel. Was this fully closed for you? Because, yeah, I'm still questioning a whole lot of stuff. So let us know over at contact us at fangirlzone.com or www.fangirlzone.com and the contacts page, which you have all the various ways you can get a hold of us. And there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about everything, Doctor Who, our show, your theories, because why would you not share that with somebody? Right. And of course, we hope you're enjoying our podcast. So for this episode of The Pod Doctors, I'm Steve. I approach everything with caution or abandon, one of the two. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And until next time. There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. 
you are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.